I think it's time for us to get our heads around. Georgia is the best football team in America right now. It might not be close. And just okay to admit that. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 285 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Each and Tony Waller. And this was not the original introduction that I recorded. Somehow, in my editing software, I put the outro part at the beginning, and I only realized it about 30 minutes ago. And today's Wednesday. I released it 24 hours ago. So to all of you who heard the botched intro... I apologize, and I knew that I could replace the file, so I think that's going to work, and that's why I'm doing this new intro. But anyway, here's the show, the Georgia-Kentucky preview show. Hope you enjoy. I actually like the stadium. I still hate where it is, but I like. Yeah. I, I do like the stadium. I feel like it's got really good, unusually good sidelines. Like there's yeah, really not. There's no bad place. Yeah, there. there's. That's rare for a new state for a stadium to have that clean. Clean. That's a great word yeah. for it. Yeah. It's recording if y'all want to go ahead and talk. All right. Well, in that case. We are talking, aren't we? Yes. Uh, for what it's worth, I just came back from the uh, Braves game today, winning game three over the Brewers, one game away from another crushing in LCS defeat. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, you, you, I feel like you it's You can't weird. lose it in LCS unless you get there. I feel like it's weird if the Braves win the World Series without a Kuhn. Acuna? Yeah, I feel like it's weird. Not, not that they can't, and, or that it's somehow bad. It would feel a little hollow. But it, I, would, I, I, I doubt it would feel hollow. I would get it. Would probably I'd say we just awesome. tell the Brewers to progress without yeah. them. Yeah. Um, oh, you got to see Will Smith's uh, probably yeah. the best performance, his out, best outing of the season. His cleanest. Cleanest outing yeah. of the season. But Brewers have, I mean, Brewers have one, two run homer this whole series. Yeah. This is the se- second year in a row that the Braves have had a postseason series like that. They did it against the Reds last year. Yeah. I remember that. So. And. Yeah, it's not over because the Brewers can score runs in bunches. Yeah, we'll find out, but it'll be fun. It'll be. Uh, it was. Uh, it was good to be out there. My parents were out there too. Gets press box. Sat, sat next to my old friend uh, Terrence Moore. Yeah, how's Terrence? him today. He's good. He's good. If Did he have opinions tw- about the number one Georgia Bulldogs? I didn't ask. I didn't want to start. I didn't want to start. I'm just happy <laughs> to see him. Uh, the, 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 I find. I don't. I don't go to the press box that much, but I find press boxes actually kind of. Joyous right now because it's just a bunch of people, particularly for big events like this, who have not been bunch, together. Those people together, haven't yeah. seen each other for a long time. And the la- I was in the press box last year, you know, pre vaccines and pre everything else, and it was very small. It was very uh, what's her name, uh, Maria Martin, Marla Martin. Uh, she's one of the television broadcasters. She's very nice, and I always forget her name. Um, but for like Valley Sports South or she? Yeah, she, she's uh, whatever. I, I, I forgot. I'll, I'll Paul Bird. The, the, it's Jeff Francoeur. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. By the way, he just swung at a first pitch high fastball. Uh, uh, Maria, Maria Martin. That's what I thought. What's I thought it was Maria Martin? She's from uh, Eleven Alive. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been on. She hosts a. Uh, you show. Oh, that that show, that late show. Yeah, yeah that one I was on. Yeah. So anyway, so I saw her last year, but that was just like me, her, and like. The beat people who were miserable. I think Paul I, talked, I talked to Schultz there actually last year, and and he talked about and I think a very commonly shared sports writer complaint about last year, and a little less so this year, which is just that like people don't go into sports writing to stare in your computer and shout questions at a screen at a 
Like it was a miserable covering sports is not fun in a pandemic. <laughs> and like I, I think that he it's a common complaint. And um, but I told him, uh, you know, I told him uh, I did not see him today, so I, I didn't get a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't think of anything this fun in a in a pandemic besides maybe sex in the hot tub. But yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Uh, yeah. Um, so hey, guys, uh, Georgia is number one. That's what I've heard. Georgia is number one. It's just a number. I, I think. Listen, I'm not trying to be Kirby on this. Uh, I, I, as I said at the end of the Sunday podcast, I'm trying not to be that guy. I, I am very excited. Georgia's number one, but. Again, this is not your this is not your parents' AP poll, right? This this matters. This and um, this and what the guy at the Starbucks thinks about who's number one is almost equal, other than which one drives the narrative in the conversations and where sports, uh, where I mean, where game day goes, where state sports day, where game day goes. Uh, Will said it. Will said, you know, game day is probably gonna be here. I was like, you really think so? It's like I'd be dog if he wasn't right. There were some Cincinnati people that were mad. Yeah, that was the one thing I thought. I thought the UCF Cincinnati game, but it's the only. If UCF were better. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think. Thanks. Thanks, Malzahn. I like um, it when those power five, no power group of five guys get mad. Yeah, you know, and they yeah. don't feel like they're invited to the seat at the table. I mean, to be fair, if Cincinnati goes undefeated and does not get invited to a seat at the table, they will be very angry and very justified to do well, that. I think they will be. There's justified. precedent because UCF was kind of. Almost justified. Yeah, yeah but the dif- difference is you have to ignore the road and beat two Power Five teams that season. That's true. No, they've been in, they've been impressive. Denver. Now, and Cincinnati after has a, a previous undefeated season, right. Where they nearly beat the, the team that's leading. Yeah, that's yeah. the lead dog. And yeah, I think I think Cincinnati's going to um, have a surprise when something comes down to a kick because their field goal kicker is not great. Bill Connolly has said, he said this week uh, he was on Solid Verbal this week. Yeah, I, I and he said for yeah. all the excitement about Cincinnati, they're, and they're heavily favored in every game the rest of the way. They're not actually favored to go undefeated, right? Because they're they're favored, in like I think they're favored in one game sixty eight percent, one game seventy four percent, one game seventy seven percent. But you add all that together, and you end up under fifty percent on them going undefeated for all games, right? He tracks those. He calls those second order wins, yeah. losses. So, so, uh, so, and for the record, like then we'll know. But I, I Cincinnati's got it. I, I don't want to talk about Cincinnati uh, after when with oh, yeah. Georgia. No. But I do think that. I mean, we should talk a little bit about the national championship race now, a little bit, and specifically Georgia's place in it, because we are now officially in. Okay, if Georgia doesn't win, everyone's going to think they choked forever. <laughs> I, we are officially in that mode. I'm not saying that it's fair. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that I, I, the way that that's framed, I think, makes it sound like I'm saying. Well, Georgia's a bunch of chokers if they don't win a national championship. Or, like, it's easy to win a national championship. It's going to be super hard. The idea that Georgia is head and shoulders ahead of everybody right now does not mean it will be head and shoulders ahead of everybody in December. I mean, Alabama is going to get better. Oklahoma already looks like it's a ton better than it was a week ago. It may have figured itself out. Teams get better as the year goes along. The fact that I think Georgia would utterly destroy the number two team in the country right now does not mean that the number two t- team in the oh country boy. at the end of the year is going to be Iowa and, and, and be as easily crushable. Yeah, if everybody everybody keeps like, well, Georgia, Iowa, I'm just like, oh, if you do that, I'm going to, I will I will not book my fly back from Indianapolis for a week. Oh, yeah. Because I, mean, like, I will be out of control for the next three days. Like, I, like Iowa's number two team in the country, and they may go undefeated, but there are teams that have the potential to get it together to beat Georgia. I do not believe Iowa is one of them. No. And so, but Alabama is, and yep. Oklahoma is. And I agree. 
So, you know, I, the idea that because George is so head and shoulders of everybody else right now, it's going to be somehow sort of smooth sailing to the national championship is even, even setting outside the munsoning worry about everything is just not real. Like, no, it seems of course to get better. But this <laughs> year is becoming, as we talked about in the, on the post game show, everyone is like, oh, it's 2007. This is the one that everyone's been waiting for the last four or five years. Ohio State. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, maybe a Notre Dame, maybe a Georgia one year or two. But the playoff has become very stale for a lot of people and a lot of frustration when you've got Clemson and Alabama playing the national championship three straight years. You get the same teams all the time. Everyone's been like, oh, remember 07? Remember 07? There were random wild teams coming in. It's actually happening, except imagine if in 2007, in addition to all that craziness happening, there was like last year's Alabama right. or two years ago's LSU yeah. or one of those classic Nebraska teams like a truly terrific team that's obviously better than the rest of them and then they all come together to face them the narrative would be oh if that team loses to them they've choked yeah. and particularly with Georgia's history and the general narrative on Georgia it is not fair but I do think that we the events of last week and the way that this season has gone along and the way the, the chaos that's been happening and how great Georgia has looked. And the one thing that people say about Georgia is that, like, well, they figured out the quarterback thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that if it turns out that, like, either Stetson or Daniels throws some sort of bad pass that costs you in a bet, it's going to be Georgia choked. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is where we are. I don't like it anymore. I don't like it. I don't like it. You guys don't like it. We're all groaning and I'm not trying to bring us down to start this to say that because I, I don't for the record I don't think that's going to happen though it's a long way to go but more to the point that's where Georgia is now like that's what the events of the last week did Alabama the whole idea was like Georgia and Alabama are are, are impossible no one's beating them but everyone else it's just a mad scrum now Alabama is in the mad scrum and Georgia isn't there is an understanding that Georgia is above everyone else true or not there's that understanding that's there. It is not just national championship or bust. It is national championship or, man, if they can't win it this year, when are they going to win it? I think that got set in stone this week. Now, that may be annoying. I would argue that it's a lot better than the alternative, Absolutely. which is being Alabama or Clemson or, or any of these other teams, or not having the awesome team that Georgia has right now. But that's what this is now. It's really been, oh, I'm sorry, Tony. It's really been 2008, in recent history, 2008, the first game of the season when they played Georgia Southern, Georgia's preseason number one. They won that game, but it was unimpressive, and then they dropped and never recovered. I think they went eight and four in 2008. That was Matthew Stafford, uh, his junior year, you know, his come out year. It was all the injuries, too. Exactly. And then uh, 2017, they weren't AP number one, but they were number one for a hot second in the college football playoff. So, this is kind of new territory for especially guys like Tony and me who've been, you know, just kind of, it was almost like, uh, you know, and we'll get to this later, this is a foreshadowing, but there was like four years, even at the end of Coach Rick's tenure, that game day didn't show up. They didn't even do a Georgia game. So, you know, you had that uh, trough or that valley. So th- what you just said, Will, what everybody's saying on social media, what the national writers, I'm here for it. Put it on my shoulders. I'm ready to uh, carry this burden of being the number one team. And not only the number one team, but the number one team that, like you said, looks head and shoulders above everybody else and everybody's going to be gunning for. I'm excited to be in that position for a change. Yeah, and I think the part about it is there's only just yeah. – is there a possibility Georgia loses a regular season game? Sure. 
and we'll get to the Kentucky game in a minute. We win this game. Basically, you're counting on Georgia losing two or three of Florida, Missouri, and Tennessee. Okay, that and that that means Georgia doesn't get an SEC championship. And if that happens, then like they weren't ready. Now. They weren't ready. Yeah, we're not winning one. So I guess the way you combat that is just go and win the damn thing. I, and I don't. I've 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 said it repeatedly. This is the best Georgia football team of my my lifetime. I was absolutely around uh, in 1980. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the we had well, they'll be out on social media. Scott put it out on social media this week. Uh, the alumni association did a nice thing on wait since last Saturday and asked when I became conscious of Georgia football. 1978, when I was riding back from, or maybe 79, whenever it was, riding back from Port Wentworth from a mm-hmm. rec, uh, for GHSA playoff rec league football, listening to Rex Robinson kick a, uh, a game winner against Kentucky. and Is that when Munson was just going crazy? Yes. Yeah. And he always went crazy, yeah. but yeah. it was definitely. a famous one that was yeah. played over and over. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so that's a, I think it's Bono, actually. It is actually Bono. <laughs> Bono and, well, that's where Bono got it. But, I mean, so will I agree with you that – because there, everything has to have a narrative, right? Yeah. And, uh, the, and, and this, narratives count, look, man. Look, like, I don't like this idea that, like, what's up? Like, narratives matter. And and coaches the, get raises and fired off of that. But, but in the same way that Clemson, he was a narrative until it wasn't, I just think the way, the way things are going, you this is the right. year you end it. Yeah. And so I'm glad you brought up 2007 for one reason, or for a couple of reasons. I want to frame our conversation before we get into the George Kentucky review, our preview. Um, so that was the year, if everyone remembers, that a two-loss undefeated in regular and regular and uh, undefeated yeah, in LSU. LSU. They they lost two games in overtime: Arkansas and Kentucky. Undefeated in regulation, undefeated in regulation. That was their kind of mantra. Um, uh, and remember that Georgia Georgia went into that last. They were they were ranked fifth. I can tell then, you where I was when all that went down oh, on yeah. that championship side. Oh yeah, I remember exactly where I was. Right. So. Um, the difference between that is that there is a there is a clear team who, frankly, has a lot of the same things we've seen out of the last few national champions, um, certainly 18, 19, and 20, which is a team that clearly has their crap together in a way that other teams don't. And that's, guys, I don't mean to scare you, that's Georgia. And, um, you know, we had been hearing – well, you can't do it without offense. The whole story is you can't do it without offense. Well, number one and number two, they're doing it on defense. And frankly, the number one team has an offense that is perfectly capable of carrying a team. Now, if we are in a situation where we got to score 24 points to come back and win, that might be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not certain. I mean, every, every time I hear this, I keep back thinking back to the Rose Bowl. Georgia was down by 24 points in the Rose Bowl to Baker freaking Mayfield with Kyler freaking Murray throwing touchdown passes to Baker Mayfield. With, with a freshman quarterback. Right. <laughs> with a freshman quarterback. By the way, the freshman quarterback that Kirby Smart still gets grief about his yeah. current quarterback decisions yeah. about. Yeah. In the Rose Bowl, and Georgia comes back against a team. Remember, that team was like, well, it's all defense. Georgia can't do anything on offense. Yeah. So before we that, – that's, that's my only concern with narratives. My only problem with narratives is that everyone was like, well, this is the narrative. Don't pay attention to the thing over here, right? Yeah. And I don't disagree with you. 100% agree. Georgia – this Georgia. is the Georgia season now. Right, right. If Georgia goes – look, Georgia loses two games, and we're going to win it, and they choked it away. I agree with that. If Georgia goes to the – Georgia goes to the, the semis 
and loses to, I mean, we wouldn't be Alabama, but Cincinnati, Cincinnati, right? A Cincinnati team that really gets their crap together. You know, I'm willing to say probably Georgia took away. If Georgia goes and loses to Alabama after, I don't know who, I don't know how they how they would get there. But I mean, they were not going to want to put Georgia down. If Alabama, let's say theoretically, Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, right. they will not. No matter if they yeah, Alabama will, they will not receive those. Teams. How about this? Georgia loses to Oklahoma, who who let's assume this this quarterback change changes the course of their season because Oklahoma's defense has been pretty good. Um, and then they, they like went to life when yeah, they came back in. When Williams came in. Yeah. So let's 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 say Georgia goes and loses to Oklahoma in the national championship game. Um, an Oklahoma team that blows everybody's doors off the rest of the week. I'm gonna I, I'll push back and stand there. But that's I think that might be the only way. I think that's I think it's what it requires. Yeah. Like, and, and or if uh, if they lose to Alabama in the national championship game, then it's that mm-hmm. narrative. Uh, sure. Right. But like it, it it just feels like this is the Georgia year now. Yeah. No matter what happens, like this is the thing. And, it, and the irony, of course, speaking of narratives, is the irony of this was the whole reason that people were doing that. Wow, Georgia can't win it this year. When are they ever going to win it? Was because of the schedule, and because Georgia had a quarterback, and all these other teams were breaking in new quarterbacks, it's and therefore completely gonna, up on and it's head. completely yeah. wrong. Both so, of us. Both of us. <laughs> I mean, we we could go back what. Eight episodes and we were trashing the schedule. Going like, I mean, I know I was. Yeah, I certainly did not see one game day, let alone two. Two in three weeks. It's one of the same that's ever happened, yeah. right? Um, so I think I think that gets us to an interesting place where we can talk a little bit about Kentucky now. Then because I think can I make one game day one game yeah of day course yeah. before we talk. I will say uh, I'm about to do a Cardinals analogy, so I apologize. That's when fine. Cardinals won the World Series in 2006. Uh, it was miserable. It was terrible. Uh, they were won eighty three games. They only won because the ti- the Mets choked and the Tigers made a ton of uh, uh, pitcher errors. The Cardinals were not a good team. Their second best player was Chris Duncan. Do any of you know who Chris Duncan is? Like it was not a good team. But when Cardinals had not won one in twenty eight years, so I did not care. Right? I was just like, this is mine. This is awesome. This is amazing. This is great. I love it so much. Then in two thousand eleven, when they won and it was glorious and incredible, that was like okay. This is my feeling about game day over the last two or three weeks. We talked ourselves so much to be like, oh, you know, noon game days are fine. <laughs> noon game days are great. There's nothing wrong with the noon game day. We're starting a new tradition. This is so great. Now there's like a oh, 330 game day. Now we get a real game day. Now we have a real one. Now we have a real one. I think that's exactly what this is. Because I definitely now this like, oh wait, because the last game day was like, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make this great. We're yeah, gonna we're, make it. We're awesome. gonna make it work. Yeah. Now yeah. we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And I think that it's led to a, a really fun kind of idea. Well, we have, we have game day and SEC Nation here uh, this week. Um, guys, this is, this is the top game in the college football firmament this, this also, week. Also, I think uh, out by the Hobby Lobby uh, in the parking lot, uh, Outkick is having uh, their pregame show. Never heard if of them. If you want to uh, – I think it's, it's, Never. it's overlooking a creek. In the, uh, they're like, busy uh, making somebody feel bad about their fandom. Yeah, yeah. No, that was Barstool. That's Barstool. Um, anyway, go ahead. So, Kentucky, guys. Um, I want to frame our con- discussion about Kentucky, about so, bridging up something I said Sunday, which is Kentucky is basically Arkansas, but with a head start on the coaching. Um, they play very physical. They have a, a quarterback that is a danger to run. Uh, I, instead of Where did uh, he transfer in from? Uh, Levis? Yeah. Levin? Levis. Levitt? Levis. Hold on. Will Levis. Penn State. Okay. And um, so I would say that uh, 
between Wondell Robinson and uh, who's it, Rodriguez, the running back, they might have a little better offensive weaponry than um, than Arkansas has. Here's the thing, though. Arkansas has been – I mean, uh, Kentucky has been doing this with a lot of smoke and mirrors. I, I, I was really – Sunday afternoon, I was I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole after our podcast because I was like, and this is they, – they have maybe better wins than Arkansas has and certainly better wins than – than uh, more convincing wins than Auburn has. Um, you know, I, I know we talked about this. They beat Florida, and we appreciate them doing that. <laughs> and um, we, we will, we, no matter what happens. You will always be able to have a spot in my heart with that. But they also did so off of a weird uh, block kick return mm-hmm. and a couple other nonsense, and also Dan Mullen becoming Dan Mullen again, right? And and I say that with all pejorative included. Um, the other part about it is they that they beat LSU, but beat, LSU uh, seems to be like a oh, yeah. I'm actually a little surprised Bergeron is yeah, still. I, I, how's he still the coach? I kind of thought he wasn't going to make it out of money. I mean, he, he's been with Dancing with the Stars way yeah. too long, Bergeron. <laughs> I knew, we know what you meant, though. I like Bergeron, it. Bergeron, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, a little sorry. surprised they didn't fly him to... Bergeron, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I say Bergeron? I'm surprised they didn't fly him to LAX to fire him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I just... It's really interesting to me that... Bergeron. Uh, it's really interesting to me that... that oh, listen, Kentucky's uh, SP Plus numbers are exactly the same place defensively and offensively that that Auburn's was last week. Uh Georgia's went up. Both of them. Both numbers went up. Uh, are down for defense and up for offense. And I am – and we'll get to predictions in a minute. I, I am I, – I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I was more I, – I hinted that I might be more worried about this game than the Auburn game last week. Um, again, all kinds of craziness can happen, right? This is college football. I bet if you, Alabama and Texas a and played ten times – uh, t- nine more times, Alabama will win at least eight of them. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, I, I'm just convinced of that. Um, and I mean, they probably should have won that one. They probably should have <laughs> won that one. Although it's still stunning to me that that Bill O'Brien or, or Saban let Bill O'Brien run three pass plays inside the the ten yard line. It's just stunning to me. And, and Alabama has some structural problems on the offensive line. The bad news is, it's like every time we've been ready to write off Nick Saban's Alabama team. Uh, with what two exceptions? The year they lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl, and um, gosh, what was that other year? Uh, oh, to, the LSU year. The, the year the LSU was so so crazy good. Um, Alabama's figured out a way to turn it all around. So I, I have to say, I will believe the Alabama monster is dead when Jason Voorhees' body is shot into space. Yeah, like in all seriousness, like like that. That was a weird loss for them. Sure. They have problems to fix, and we saw in the Florida game they have problems to fix. But I'll believe, like, I'm not... No, there's entirely, I'll believe in what I see. There's entirely a world where Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC Championship and both those teams ran. Yeah. There's also a world where Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC Championship and Alabama is in and Georgia isn't. There is. If Oklahoma, if Oklahoma stays undefeated, if Big Ten team stays undefeated, and you've got Alabama, and then you've got an undefeated Cincinnati and... Oh, undefeated Cincinnati stays out. I disagree with that. I, I just I, and, and that that's a debate to have later in the season. I, I agree, but I, I think you're right. I, I think I think the undefeated Cincinnati stays out. Now you get an undefeated Michigan that beats undefeated Iowa. Um, uh, it would have to be you know Pitt beating undefeated yeah. Wake Forest. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. yeah, I just I just don't. I Georgia don't going undefeated. I don't. I don't yeah, undefeated the regular season, having beaten. Um, 
uh, top ten Arkansas again, yeah. maybe not in the season. Top ten Arkansas, number eleven, yeah, yeah. Uh, number fifteen Florida. I just it's going to be harder to do. And Cle- uh, Clemson on the road, right. yeah. So our Clemson in a neutral. There's side. no undefeated pack. Uh, there's yeah. no undefeated pack yeah. team. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no it, there, there's a world where that happens, yeah. right? But Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame would have beaten Cincinnati, then then I worry about that. Then, right? Yes. Um, Which is ironic because it's a better win for Cincinnati win at Notre Dame. Of course it is. For Notre Dame. And also, you know the last team to do that. And if you look at the yes, and if you look at the rest of Notre Dame's schedule, it's nothing. Yeah, like yeah. they're probably going to win the rest of the games. I don't think they're very good. It's a whole bunch. Of, uh, um, and the, the good thing uh, helping Georgia is their strength of schedule is number one in the nation right now because they've played. They keep playing. Yeah. Teams keep getting keep, better. Keep getting better when they play them. Yeah. Um, so so when when I look at Kentucky, when I think about what they're going to want to try to do is um, the stunning part to me is Kentucky has is is last in the conference in turnover margin and are still winning these games. That's the one thing that gives me pause. If they clean that up, what does that do to their game state? Because um, that's usually not how they lose. Like usually, that's the thing they don't do. That's yeah. That's the thing they lose on. Um, but you know, every time when I look at their efficiencies, when I look at you know points per drive and things like that, the only thing they have going for them is like they have scored a, a fairly high number of points off of short drives, and um, it feels like. For whatever reason, this is the kind of team when when you're playing them, you have a tendency to punch yourself in the balls. And I, I just don't if, – if that's what you're counting on to for Georgia to do, I, I, look, I had somebody I had somebody at church tell me, it's like, well, yeah, but Georgia hadn't had their brain for it game. Yeah, I was like, I don't think we're having that game this year. I just don't. This is this team is – this is this – is, look, we have been saying we need Kirby to be the coach we think he can be, to be the guy that is like make sure the team is super well coached, right? Um, and we can make the argument the 2017 that year, and we just met an, an Auburn game that had a better game plan and was more motivated on the road, which is one of the reasons we were a little concerned about last week, right? But you could also say that was a rainfall game. You can go back to each season, you know, let's not talk about 19, and, and point to that game with Kirby. I don't think we're having that game. I, don't I would argue the closest they've come to that game was Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Just and, and that, was, that was really more about okay. Do like you put wrong. that in the middle of the season now? <laughs> I feel like they win that game by twenty points. But, oh, but if you yeah. put that game like last week like, or this week like and they we win play, ten to three, we lose our freaking mind. Right. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Right. I think you're right, but I don't think we'd lose that game either because we would. Uh, it would have been a whole different game state. Are you a little worried about the? nagging injuries that are mounting up with key players like Chris Smith might be out and Salyer and I mean it's not great I, I will or is I won't it just deny that like the next man up mentality that Kirby's kind of installed well I think it's interesting that you bring that up because that's what we've been able to shrug and say about Alabama for 10 years <laughs> right and that's one of the reasons Kirby's smarts coaching here is to bring it's that level that yeah right to bring that level of recruiting to Georgia and he has now is there a point where you can't turn the corner yeah I think that's absolutely right but I mean We've started our backup tight end, a backup three-star receiver, our backup quarterback. Um, our fourth-string quarterback. Our, <laughs> nice. Um, and Dan Jackson was the first sub off the bench when um, Chris Smith got hurt. A walk-on. I mean, I you know, I just – I think it's time for us to get our heads around. Georgia is the best football team in America right now. It might not be close. And – it's okay to just okay to admit that. And I think one of the fun things about this too is it's starting to feel a little more fun the last couple of weeks, which is to say, listen, they were good in nineteen. It wasn't 
as fun as 18. They were good in 20. It was less fun than 19. Obviously, when you're winning, it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. But like, I'm sorry, but how many people had Lad McConkie even mm-hmm. on the depth chart? We didn't <laughs> mention him one bit before the season started. Not but, once. I mean, the idea that... I mean, I feel obliged to point out that the fourth-string quarterback is was... Like, came back as... like to pretend to be Baker Mayfield and now is is I would argue playing as well as any other than Young probably playing as well as any quarterback in the, in and back the SEC and, and, yeah. and so at a certain level the idea that this is only happening because of well just the church get a bunch of five star guys and obviously they help <laughs> that's kind of a if you if, given the choice between having five star guys and not having five star guys I will take the former yeah but the idea that this is all just this relentless churn of this the best stories this year have been Bennett and McConkey sure right <laughs> like and that's like a fun thing and I think that has led that it's interesting because I think it's Alex Kirshner is always talking about this. Yeah. Kind of giving, getting after. Yeah, I like Alex Kirshner. I oh, love like him. him. And, but it's funny because I feel like one of the things that I, I think is interesting uh, about Kirby Smart as a coach and a recruiter is everyone assumes he's just Nick Saban, right? Everyone just wants him to be Nick Saban. That's the whole idea is Nick Saban. And where it's like this robotic, like push, push, push and so on. And I think some, I think sometimes... Kirby's like that. I think he has a little bit more, sometimes for better or worse, personality uh, in that regard. But I would say that, like, what's I, what what's, everybody drink? What's what's the Seth Emerson line? He's like, hey, two two South Georgia guy. Uh, him when he starts yeah, talking right to off Stetson, field, yeah, two South Georgia walk-ons, two South Georgia walk-ons, all talking to each other, undersides, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and. And I feel like you can see that. Like, Don't he, tell people we have a different language. <laughs> he loves Setson. He loves McConkie. Like those are, those are like, you know, I mean, those are in a lot of ways Dabo dudes. They are very Dabo dudes. And Alabama doesn't have a lot of Dabo dudes. If you can find the Hunter Renfros and also have your five stars in there, that's how you not only win national championships. That's how you're like. That's how you become lovable. <laughs> like that, and I think that's what I listen. I my friend Tim Kelly, uh, shout out to Tim who's listening now. We've got him back into college football this year. He has been watching for like a long time, and he's getting back in. He's been listening to the show to kind of like help him get prime, which is by the way a terrible way to get informed <laughs> on anything is to listen to the show. Uh, but one of the things that he was a guy that I kind of like lightly mocked earlier this year, and I was like. It's like, wow, I'm so bored. Is this ever getting exciting? We're just trouncing everyone, which is not the way he said it. And I'm just, I'm just putting it that way. But I have to say, like, I get it. I get the idea that it's actually, it's theoretically and logically fun to have your team just stomp everybody all the time. But eventually, like, you root for sports teams because you want them to be enjoyable. You want to find this guy that you like. You want to find this fun thing that happens. You want to find the meme of uh, of Andrew Smart holding up the thing. Well, uh, who's the guy? Who's next to him? Is it Jordan? Jordan Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, you want you want fun stuff like that. That's not that's more personal and more independent and more unique than a endless march of five stars just stomping everyone. I feel like the last couple of weeks you've started to see those. You've started to see these fun little moments kind of pop up and these 
fun little things. Remember when the first time they put they, they put the uh, Savage yeah, oh, yeah. things on? It was yeah. like, oh, that's fun. That was yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah like, that's fun. I like that. And you're just starting to see little things that maybe in five or six years, Georgia will be joyless the way that Alabama is joyless. Right now, I don't think they are. They're starting to get kind of fun in a way that makes this feel more like 18 uh, than, uh, than, than it had been feeling like. I don't know that I'll ever find Jordan Hare clearing out in the middle of the fourth quarter while we run the ball down their throats <laughs> joyless. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm not saying and, jo- but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And yeah. it kind of here's my point. Here's my point saying that. It's like I, I get if you're an, a casual or random observer of Georgia, like when's this going to get fun, right? <laughs> Give me fifty to nothing. I this there is something objectively exciting to me about like I've looked up what's the record in a twelve game season for the fewest points allowed. Right? I mean, there is something objectively fun about this. Defense. There's something very eighty five Bears about that idea oh, yeah. too, right? Like you have yeah. all or the eighty six Giants. Yeah, like so, like just an incredible defense that they'll talk about. Forever, and they're yeah. getting there. They are getting there. Well, and even three things came out of the Auburn game on social media. One was Nakobe Dean going like Johnny from Karate Kid and the get up, how he from from out of bounds where he leaps yeah, up from. That was amazing. From you know, and you see you see like gymnasts do that. Uh, that was cool. You also saw uh, McConkey and uh, Coach Hankton doing the windmill high the windmill five. High five yes. That's a that's a gif and. They, 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 they get pretty high up there. Yeah, that, that, that was, it was like the, the coolest gif I've seen, uh, you know, in a couple weeks. And then today, uh, the picture of the year, I think uh, Bass and Dog tweeted it out. Uh, it was McConkey streaking past as the Auburn player is falling down, and he just has a lone Georgia towel, and you can see the power G. Uh, he's flat on his back and McConkie's streaking. And yeah. that, that is the third one. And I think it's funny because, you know, when they do the videos before the game, I actually find this kind of interesting. When they do the, the pop-up videos before the game, the last thing they keep showing is Daniel celebrating the end of that Clemson win, right? And it feels not right, right? Like, I get why they did it. It'll it's be changed, like, I'm it's, sure. It's got to be changed. And I think that is, that is how this team's becoming a little bit more organic. And a little bit more like palpably fun. Because listen, that was a cool. I got excited when he did that pump up at, at the end of that Clemson game. But now you're like, oh no, no, we have so many more exciting things than that now. And I think it speaks that this is like obviously the biggest win of the year is still that Clemson game. Because if yeah. you lose that game, everything else it becomes a whole different conversation. But now you're like, oh wait, no, that's actually not what this team is at all. Like, clearly they were able to beat a Clemson, but we've seen now more things pop up and more exciting moments. The wave happened at Sanford Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I think you're going to see – I bet they – I think you're right. I think they're going to sub that out because it's, that's not actually the fun thing no. from this season. And I think you're going to see more and more. And that, uh, as, a, as a, to put a button on our number one conversation, like, yes, the narrative is Georgia better win it this year or not. And I think that's still true and it's something that we all need to be aware of. But I now think this team is starting to become something, a kind of a living organism now. Yeah. That we're all kind of like, okay. And I, that's something they haven't had since 18. They haven't Agreed. had since 18. Agreed. Like that team, that, not that those teams were not fun and not that it was joyless. It was not joyless. But you predicted that during the 17 yeah. season. You oh, predicted yeah. okay. that, hey, guys, enjoy this because it's not going to be like this next year. Yeah. And it's almost like it's run its course yeah. for a couple of years and now it's back. And now it, it, it's back. It's back. But it's back in a 
But now it's not Rick's people and Correct. Kirby's people merging together. It's Kirby. And it turns out, you know what? These guys are pretty fun, too. Yeah. And also, this year feels different. Uh, it felt like there were a lot of those games. And it probably had everything to do with the fact that we had to change quarterbacks in the second game of the season. Um, and the whole time. Also happened in 17. Yeah. No, I'm saying. With, no, I'm saying with, oh, yeah. with, with Fromm, right? Oh, sorry. Um, it's just like it never felt like any of those games were foregone conclusions. And I don't. I don't mean to say that about this week's game, but I, I, when you think about ways ways Georgia can lose this football game, is exactly that. It's like ways Georgia can lose a football game because Kentucky's path to victory is Georgia screwing up. Yeah, uh, and I don't. Yeah, I'm not willing to bet on that happening. It's kind of wild to think that like um, the number eleven team in the country on game day. Like, well, as long as we don't have a South Carolina disaster, yeah. mm-hmm. we're going to be all right here. And even the South Carolina disaster, they could have won that game several times. It's a 24-point game. <laughs> like, With a spread? It's 24 <laughs> points. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what it is now, but it's what open at 24 and a half. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. One versus 11? Are you serious? That's just, that's this really. Those nice. are Alabama spreads. They're Alabama spreads. They um, are absolutely yeah. Alabama yeah, yeah. Where you're tuning into the 3:30 game, Alabama versus name whatever yeah, other SEC team yeah. is, you're kind of like, well, everybody I mean, don't miss. Yeah, it's like, not, I know it'll be Alabama all right. and Tennessee are big names, but we know how this is going to go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's cool to be. It's it's it's, it's cool. fun, guys. This yeah. is fun. But I, I'm I'm glad that you're seeing. I did feel like the Auburn game was a breakthrough of Georgia memes. Like it felt like there were just more. Like fun, goofy little things. I actually that jumping high five is mm-hmm. probably my favorite one. And it was executed perfectly. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> there's just a lot of it speaks to that. This Spencer Hall throw the ball out, and everyone's uh, all the dogs in the yard go run and get it. There's something fun. Have, remember, I mean, also the fact they do the junkyard jog, dogs thing all the time now too. Remember when they did not do that? In fact, he actually mentioned it in one press conference, and we're like, "What was it?" Because uh, I don't know the history of that, but I oh, know yeah, that, yeah, and I, I, you guys have taught me the history of that. But like that was something that was not, from my understanding, used lightly at all. Like no one like said, "Oh, we're the junkyard dogs." Right. Like, it was something you had to earn, kind, of, earn, kind yeah. of earn to get to that spot. And now it's just like, "Oh yeah, this is obviously a junkyard dogs team." There's. I, I think if we can step back from the idea of there's not the big dramatic moments like the Notre Dame win, uh, not the, the road Notre Dame win, yeah. or the big dramatic moments uh, that we saw early on, uh, or the Oklahoma win, if we can step back and realize this team is individually really, really fun and also clearly the best team in the country, and if, and if we can enjoy those things and then deal with the overarching narrative: Is Georgia going to win the whole thing when it comes there? Because uh, uh, this is this is more fun than I thought this year was going to be. Not that I didn't think they were going to win, but you're starting to see little driblets of personality popping out of this team that belies the idea that it is a Alabama drone uh, robot team. My wife's printing something. Oh, I was like, what's going on? Oh, there's no paper in there either. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah. Well, Scott Doesn't runs. Does she know what we're doing? You know? Yeah, Scott runs and work on tech support. You should teach Chad to do that. Yeah. Um, so, it, getting back to the Kentucky game, um, defensively, Kentucky doesn't do anything bad. They don't do anything great, right? They middle of the road, uh, middle of the road pass defense, middle of the road rush defense. Um, the most notable thing to me is that. Uh, 
Chattanooga kind of ran on them a lot. Uh, th- remember, we, we got to keep in mind, this team only beat Missouri <laughs> yeah. by eight and Chattanooga by five. That Chattanooga was a little hairy there for a while. 28-3-23. And, you know, that, that's, that, that does factor into them only being ranked 11th, right? Yeah. They're 6-0. and But in a lot of ways, people had to look at that and like, ooh, I'm not ready to trust them. Well, that that could change cli- Saturday. They've climbed to 11 in two weeks because they were unranked. What When we played Arkansas, they yeah. were not even ranked. Yeah. That's that's when they started their... I mean, you beat Florida and you beat LSU. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, what level Florida and LSU is at. Those are big. I mean, it's a huge win to, win to beat Florida. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. And I know I wasn't on the post-game show. Uh, and by the way, sorry for all of y'all for the quality of the... Uh, there was no music or anything. Well, I, was, I was out of town. Um, the Tony, you were right. Bo Nix was doing Bo Nix stuff. I mean, he... He was maddening, but yet in the in the first quarter, really. Yeah. But then it was like George was like, "Oh, we know what you're, we know what you're about to do." And those sacks where you know he thinks he's cornered, then he turns and someone else just you know pile drives him. Those were excellent. The other question, and y'all didn't bring this up on the post game, that I had a I wasn't I wasn't sure why more of a stink wasn't brought up. Was Cook Cook uh, caught that pass, and they never reviewed it. It's a catch, yeah. Um, that could have played. Seth, a key Seth role. actually had a really interesting uh, take on that. It's like, you know, where you are in the game, uh, you have momentum. Because Georgia went and scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. anyway, right? Right, and uh, on the far opposite end of the field, which means that Kirby was relying on um, the the coaches in the booth, and also we wanted to go with tempo there. I think Kirby just like, you know what. It gets us three yards, but we're we have we have a play dial that we feel that's going to work anyway. Um, I agree with you. I think it was a catch as well. Um, also, it wasn't a fumble. It was a it was an incomplete pass. Nix's thing. It was beautiful. Um, I was surprised he is um, he's a little more slippery than I gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. We I didn't get the um, I didn't get the cathartic fold him in half hit until well into the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. um, I it, it, but I thought I was going to get when he got rid of that ball there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that, but, another big play, Smoke Monday, getting targeted or getting kicked out for targeting. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it's it's a, a tradition unlike any other. Well, it, but it it was textbook targeting. I mean, he lowered his head and, and put it into the head of the quarterback. Did you? Oh, the runner, not a quarterback. Let's take him away. He's yeah, 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 the yeah, head yeah. of the right, runner, right? right? It, whether he's quarterback or if it's Zeus, I mean, it doesn't matter. He lowered his head, crown of the head, level the crown of the head. Always you tackle with the face up. I mean, but then the interesting thing in, in Alabama Texas A and M game, similar thing, and then they they pulled the targeting back. You know where oh, the no, guy I tried to. I thought that was different. I thought that was different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, that's that's the the weird thing about targeting. I don't even like talking about it because it hasn't you know knock on wood bitten us this year. Yeah. Really, but it's just well, I, that's I know where Nick Wilson got kicked out of the Vandy game. Right. That was that. one of the first ones. Well, that was the big one that calls them. It's like we should start reviewing all these. Sure. Right. Did you see the hit? In the Bears Raiders game that Roquan Smith put on David <laughs> mm-hmm. Carr, mm-hmm. Uh, it was full on like Carr, like I don't know if he passed the concussion protocol a lot, but you're like, oh, that's how like that was. It was full on like imagine like Tom Jackson in the ESPN crew in 2002 saying jacked up, like it was full on terrible stuff that like felt like car crash, but he hit him with his shoulder, yeah, uh-huh. and it was a full on. It was a free. Hit on the quarterback's head in the most violent possible way, but like, it was hard to watch. 
Put him with the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and like at a certain level, it's not really that complicated. Like I, I really, I know that sometimes it can get frustrating because we've watched football a certain way for a really, really long time. It can still be a super, super violent and effective sport. Just don't hit lead with your head. Like it's just not. It doesn't have to be that. I think Coach Landing and Kirby are actually coaching him up really well because I've seen Lewis Seen drop a couple guys this year, and he's always shoulder first. Yeah, I recommend looking up that hit because it is one of the most violent, totally clean hits that I on a particular on a quarterback from Roquan Smith <laughs> uh, that you can kind of imagine. So we we have not talked about Cavassier smoke. I've assume you have some questions about uh, all name teams or something. But um, um, between when, when Kentucky has the ball, um, you know Levin, Levis can throw the ball some. And um, was it Wondell Robinson is the guy that took the bubble screen sixty five yards against um, Florida. Uh, <sighs> Georgia tackles better than LSU in Florida. We just do. I mean, I, I said it I, every t- every time we see missed tackles and and the Tank Bigsby touchdown run, it was like stunning to me just because we missed two tackles, right? So uh, Tank, Tank Bigsby is like a really he's a really good, good running back, back right? <laughs> right. Uh, and we we missed two tackles there, and it was just like every time we miss a tackle, it stands out because we so rarely miss them. Uh, the Wendell Robinson touchdown against Florida, Florida missed like nine tackles. It was just like he just. I, I, not nine. He missed probably. They missed probably four, uh, and they all said guys take bad angles. Um, but between Rodriguez, Smoke, and Robinson, Leviston has some. He does have some, uh, some, I guess, talent to work with. Uh, offensive talent to work with. Um, the problem is their their offensive line is middle of the road in SEC. Oh, uh, yeah. They are. That's not a great combination because I. What I look for Georgia to do is basically play base coverage. Um, Blitz here and there, but basically rush three or four, uh, do you know some sort of man coverage on Wendell Robinson and play quarters the rest of the way. Levis can run a little bit, but he's not going to outrun, you know, Nakobe or Anderson or you know certainly any of the safeties, and he's not going to want to do it more than once or twice. <laughs> um, and then when Georgia gets the ball, I, I, I think at this point we have to give a lot of credit to Todd Munkin for. Being, he's the, so he is absolutely the master at giving what the defense is taking you. Uh, I get taking what the defense is giving you. Uh, it's something I've been shouting about for for Georgia forever. If they stack the box, fine, we'll throw it. If they drop back and play heavy press, we'll run some underneath stuff or run a wheel route on you or just run the ball. We'll do tall sweeps or jet sweeps. If they're going to back three off and play um, deep quarters. Uh, you know, with the with two high safeties, which run the ball in the middle, and uh, that gets back to having the trust of your quarterback. Frankly, why I think Stetson Bennett is starting quarterback while Daniels was hurt is that Kirby and Munkin trust Bennett to figure out what those coverages are and check into the right play. Certainly, we don't. He doesn't think Beck can do that, and the fact that we haven't seen Vandergriff yet. Um, is tells me everything I need to know about what he thinks about where what Monken thinks the playbook is available to. Yeah, and the key that play in that Auburn game early on was where he didn't give it to Zamir and yeah, he, he scrambled. He scrambled thirty yards. Oh. That's the longest. That's our longest run that, that, play of the season. And that's crazy. I mean, to, to think that you know we've, we we talked about the first twenty minutes of this podcast how Georgia's just so far above and beyond anybody else, and there's no breakout like Garrison Hurst or Herschel run down the sideline. It just hadn't had really the big plays the the 
the explosive plays are McConkey and a couple other guys. I mean, even the Alabama loss, there was the Nick Chubb run. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Stetson, you know, Stetson has the longest run of wow. the season at 30 yards against Auburn. So, um, it's it's super it's super interesting. This team is. I think what we'll see over the second half of the season is the team continue to improve offensively as we get more and more players back. And frankly, uh, we could see Daniels this week. Uh, Kirby made some comments. I keep forgetting that's possible. Right, <laughs> right, no, right. We, we, we assume we're settled in on Stetson yeah, right yeah. now. But um, by the way, Greg McElroy made some comment about it, when Daniels ready to come back, there's no way you can replace Stetson. I mean, that just, that's yeah. ridi- first off, that's ridiculous. Second off, are you kidding me? Are you serious? That's, 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 I mean, you're just basically setting up Kirby to be in such a no-win situation yeah. there because they've lamblasted him for five years over the From Fields thing. Um, and now you're saying, well, you got to keep Stetson in there. No, that's crazy. Daniels will start when Daniels can throw the football yeah. in a way and run the offense in a way they think that he can. And until then, it's Stetson. But there'll be no question about when Daniels is ready. Yeah. Um, this game, my comment on this game, it's remarkable that the number 11 team in the country is coming in. And it feels like one of those Big Ten championship game years where everyone in the West falls apart and, like, Northwestern wins it by going, like, 8-4, and four, and they're facing, like, number one Ohio State. Right. And, like, if it, that's what this game feels like. It feels that, that uh, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Here's a question. I'm curious what everyone's thoughts on this. Before I uh, just close on Kentucky. What teams in the SEC would you be more scared to face in December and like beginning of December, in the SEC championship game, pretend there are no divisions. Like, the, scarier than Kentucky. Like, which, just like, whatever that means. Like, it doesn't mean okay. what they're doing That's right fair. now. That's but fair. like, what you, th- them at their best. Imagine them mm-hmm. directly becoming Are you thinking what I'm teams. thinking? Huh. I'm going to say it on three. One, two, three. Ole Miss. Oh. <laughs> Burn? Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ole Miss is on my list. Okay, yeah. 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 I was, that would be yeah. mine. Alabama. Well, how many? Alabama, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. A&M. That's the list. No. Not A&M, no. Okay. No. A&M, I... No. 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 I might right. even... I might say Auburn. Maybe. I might say Auburn. But, I mean, we just have proof, proof of concept. I know. Auburn, I, I right. just think that Georgia's yeah. going to be Kentucky in a similar fashion. Oh, I agree. So, yeah. like, I, I think it's... Uh, if you're but doing but I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of Kentucky. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, I, mean, I, think, I think you're right. I think it's Alabama, Mississippi, Florida. And probably in that order. Um, Let's see. We'll see about Florida. Well, right, I'm, I'm not willing to, to yeah. think, but I'm. There's I mean, only one. Shoot, of the, man, I mean, there's only one of those teams that maybe you're like, ooh, ooh. Also, Alabama. Mississippi could have very well should have lost to Arkansas. Yeah. Also, this is why I don't like going for two. I know all mm-hmm. the announcers love it, right? And all and all the podcasts are like, yeah, gonna try to win. I don't know, maybe not put like like. You can argue whether uh, Mississippi was going to be able to start stop our Arkansas's offense in in overtime, but like I don't know, Arkansas clearly had something good going on. Maybe you shouldn't just put it on one play I working agree. or not. It was not a great play either. Like I know if you're Northern Illinois that pulled it off against Tech in the yeah. first game of the year, sure. But if you're like an evenly matched game, right? Go to overtime. I I, I think a lot of this has become like. Cool, like people are tired of boring coaches that don't do risky stuff, and so like, yeah, go for two, go for two. No, go to overtime. It gives you it gives you margin for error. It lets you make a mistake and still not have it destroy your season. The idea, like, you know, what I don't want 
when my team has been killing itself for four yep. hours yep. is to have it all come down on one play. Now, again, if I'm – you're right. If I'm Georgia State playing Auburn, that's different. But if I'm that game, go to overtime. I, I think I, – I understand why Pittman did it, and I get it. That's the – that's what people are doing now. And I understand it, but I think it's wrong. I think you – Go to overtime, particularly in a game as closely matched as Mississippi and Arkansas was. I don't know. I think Sam just wanted to get back to Fayetteville because Doze was going to close at nine. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Pine Bar, El Barrio, and The Root. All three are located in beautiful Five Points in Athens, Georgia. The Pine Bar is a favorite Five Points neighborhood gathering spot. You can enjoy tapas. Those are starters <laughs> for those of you that don't know. But you can enjoy tapas, wood-fired oysters, cheese and charcuterie. I know my wife loves the cheese and charcuterie boards when we go there. They have inside seating and they have outside patio seating. There's excellent wine choices and, of course, a full bar. The Pine Bar is open from Tuesday through Sunday. 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and on Saturday and Sunday for a champagne brunch from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. One of the cool things about the Pine Bar are all of those tapas or starters. I've had the spiced white bean hummus. It's surprisingly really good, but I've really got to shout out the bacon wrap dates. I ordered those the last time I was there and then went back for a second helping. After everything was done, I just had to have those again. It's not something I order all the time, but they're really good. Of course, anything wrapped in bacon is good. As far as El Barrio, they have similar hours. They're open on the same days, Tuesday through Saturday, but yet it's more of a lunch spot. You can get there at 1130. They start serving. They go all the way till 9 p.m. They're also open on Sunday from 830, not 830. That'd be really early. 1130 a.m. to 8 p.m. And don't forget the fact that if you're a student or faculty member, you get 10% off Tuesdays through Saturdays from 1130 to 2 p.m. And you can practice your short game like we've talked about before. And then you've got the Root Basement Bar, which that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like a neighborhood uh, basement bar with handcrafted seasonal cocktails. They got craft beer, whiskey, of course. You hear Tony talking about that. But you can also order the food from the Pine while you're watching TV or college football. Uh, the food menu from the Pine is available till 9 p.m. That's right, 9 p.m. Uh, they're open as well from Tuesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to midnight. So make sure while you're in town this weekend for the Kentucky-Georgia game, uh, stop by on Friday evening or even stop by on Saturday before kickoff and after and finish watching some of the college football games there. We'd like to thank the Pine Bar, The Root, and El Barrio for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the podcast. All right, so um, this will be the. Let me add this up. I should have done this earlier. This will be the seventy-fifth meeting between oh, okay. Georgia and Kentucky. I'm not sure what Matthew were doing. <laughs> yeah, I know it's. It was. It should have been easy, but uh, Georgia has a sixty, twelve, and two series record okay. against Kentucky. Um, surprisingly enough, the Georgia has won eleven in a row. It's the biggest current streak that Georgia has I'm against trying to remember any other was. Opponent. I was just doing the same thing. Yeah. Just before I got here. Yeah. yeah. 11 in a row. It's uh, and it's also the, the longest in series history. Is it? The, the current. There was a, a 10. and a, There was a 9 um, yeah. in a row. Wasn't it close? Kirby's freshman year? I mean, freshman year. Yeah. Oh, year, yeah. 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 It was like 2013, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was close two years ago in the rain. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, so I'm told. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah, yes. Let's not forget, by the way, that team got 
booed, by the way. That was two years ago. Yep. And it was 0-0 half time. got booed out of the stadium. That was not long ago. That's right. We had one of our most famous podcasts where you were... I don't know if you were defending the or getting on to people for booing. I, I, I can't remember. People should always be able to boo. Uh, people should okay. always be able to boo. The idea that like I think you were you were you were defending the fans versus Kirby's reaction. Exactly. Uh, and you're not booing individual players. Right. You That's are right. booing the collective say, say experience. You are booing progress or lack thereof. Right. And the idea that you're individually saying, hey, 19-year-old, I disapprove of you individually and personally is not what booing is. That said, that seemed kind of, It was also, remember, it was the first time they'd seen them since the South Carolina game. That was the first time they had seen, mm-hmm. after a piss-poor performance, Right. that was the first time they had seen them, and then it was 0-0 in the rain. The idea that fans should be criticized for doing that is insane, it's also insane that that was only two years ago, considering <laughs> yeah. where Georgia is now. And in the middle of that was a pandemic year that was insane. Right. Yeah. Um, so when Georgia plays Kentucky, or historically, uh, they have only lost four times in Athens versus Kentucky. 56, 73, 77, and 09. And I'll, I'll, I remember the 09 game because I was in the upper deck with my then three-year-old son Jack and uh, trying to keep him we don't blame, energized. We don't blame Jack. Because uh, it, it was getting dark. I don't know if it was... It must have been a night game. Uh, but they played... Uh, instead of letting the Redcoats play during one of the timeouts, they played Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA and I knew then that things were not going to go well because then that's when Kentucky... Because Kentucky came back in that game and beat Georgia. Um, who, was, who, who was on jo- Kentucky's team then? Who's on Georgia's team then? That's again. That's bad. was that Aaron Murray 09? Um, no, 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 no. Joke. It was previous. Murray, it was, Murray pre- was here when Ike first got. It was before. Oh, it was Joe before Cox. Joe Cox. Joe Cox was ten. So it was whoever left. It was Stafford. It was the gap year between Stafford and Joe Cox because Stafford played six, seven, and eight. It's weird that like, people are yelling their podcast machines right now. Uh, hold on, we're, we're gonna that's why I invited the yelling. Yeah, because 09 was Stafford. Clearly, this was not a very no, popular No, no, 08 was Stafford. 10 was Joe Cox. Who was 09? It was wasn't it Joe Terzinski or somebody like that. No, he was uh, when Shockley was there. Uh, so it wasn't Grayson uh, Lambert. It, no, 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 wait for that. Let's see. No, who it was, was it? Definitely it was Joe Cox. Was Joe Cox? Joe Cox, yeah, yeah. But there Joe was someone Cox. else. Uh, Logan Gray. Uh, was, uh, he was the fair catch punter, yeah, punt re- returner. You know, so, what was their record that year? Uh, eight and four. Eight and four. Yeah, eight, a, it's hard to imagine. And maybe we're, fact, we're previewing a game where Kentucky plays at Georgia. But I have to say, I've not seen Georgia lose to Kentucky since I have lived in Athens. Yeah. Which is, you know, again. Long time. I've been, been here a while now. Yeah. And, and oh, I only remember it really being close. Because that rain game. Even it, was, it ended up being 21 nothing. Yeah, it was yeah. not actually close. But... The, the game up there was. It was the only time I remember being. Yeah, that was the Rodrigo. That was the Rodrigo Hall interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Rodrigo's kicked a uh, kicked an extra point during this podcast. <laughs> All right. Georgia and Kentucky have played. Georgia and Kentucky have played every year since what year? Hmm. <sighs> uh, let's see, 60-75. I'm going to say since. 1954. Ooh, you are close. 55. 56. Ah, I was close. I won. So, uh, (laughs) 
I'll go, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Georgia, I, I looked up. $1,001. From <laughs> when you include Auburn, who you know they play every year, and all of the SEC East teams, where does Kentucky rank in those seven? So you've got Auburn, Florida, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Missouri. Where does, and so, so we've been years? playing them consecutive years since 1956. Where does that put them in the hierarchy of those teams that Georgia typically plays every year? Probably third. Yes. Okay. Second. They're fourth. Okay. So Georgia's played Auburn every year since, and there's a couple of asterisks, since 1943. Okay. I'm sorry, since, okay, let me say this again. They've played Auburn every year since 1897 uh-huh. without playing in 1918 because of the war and 1943 because of the war. Okay. And then 2020 is eventually going to be the year that we end with that as well. Like but they, they played, played them. In we played Auburn. I know, but yeah. they didn't play Georgia Tech, for example. Oh, yeah. Correct, correct. So Auburn's one. Okay. Florida is two. That was who I guessed. That They've played Florida every year since 1926, except 1943. Okay. Uh, Vanderbilt is number three. They've, okay. They've played them every year in, since 1954, except 2020. 2020. Which okay. I don't think should count. Okay. No. Um, and then you've got Kentucky at four, Tennessee. And South Carolina are tied for fifth yeah. because 1992. We'd, we'd, start, we'd start playing them every Tennessee every year until 1992. Correct. Yeah. So until until South Carolina and Arkansas came in 1992, and then Missouri they've played every year since 2012. We need yeah. to remember all these things because um, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in this conference yep. in a couple of years, That's right. and it's going to rattle up all sorts. Are of they things. ready? By that, they, I, I'll take the rubber shootout. <laughs> That's will, on my bucket list, man. Yeah. That, I have to say, I'm more likely to go to that game. Yeah, I like fried. Uh, cotton candy or whatever it is that's all there. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun. That's game. a fun game. That was such a fun game. Um, was, what what a great weekend of college. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. Uh, it was like the best college football weekend because everything, all this madness happened, but and Georgia just dominated their game and just got to watch it. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the athletic did a ranking of the best days in college football in that. Uh, oh, no, Saturday Saturday made the, the list of the top twenty. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. That's great. That sounds like a Matt Brown story. Mm. Yeah. Probably. Georgia is 22-2 and two in the last 24 meetings versus Kentucky. They're 27-3 and three in the last 30 meetings. Okay. So, I mean, that just puts Is that good? That context. sounds good. That sounds pretty good. Um, the losses to Kentucky, uh, the most recent losses, happened in 2009. Think about this. If, if you're worried or if you, if you too are listening to this podcast about to make your prediction at the end with us, keep this in mind. When Georgia loses con- to Kentucky – their teams in 2009, they finished 8-5, and 4-4 four and four in the SEC. In 2006, when they lost, pretty decent. They were 9-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in the SEC. Uh, 1996, they were 5-6, and 3-5 and five in the SEC. 1990, they lost. They were 4-7, and 2-5 and five in the SEC. And they lost in Dooley's last year, 1988. Or, uh, they were 9-3. That was when they... Uh, what beat Michigan State? Michigan in the State Gator and the Gator Bowl. Yeah. Yep. So you know, there's some, I guess, prognostication on where you think this is going to go. When Georgia loses to Kentucky, historically, it's a bell cow. It's, it's, it's a bell cow. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's yeah. a it's a tough it's, year. It's never like comes out of nowhere. It's something that. You and how many times has Georgia played Kentucky in Athens when Kentucky was ranked? Um, I, 
I think that's they played every year. We, we established they've played just about every year since 1956. I think that's 77 game they were ranked because I think that was their one good year. You're correct. And Kentucky beat Georgia 33 to nothing. Uh, I have to assume some of those games in the 50s when Bear Bryant was a coach, they would have been ranked. But Three. Okay. 2007, Georgia beat Kentucky 24-13. Okay. Kentucky was ranked 22nd. Uh, 77, like you said. And then 1946, uh, Georgia beat Kentucky 28-23. Georgia was 8. Kentucky was 18. Were okay. they ever ranked when Tim Couch was the quarterback? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That's a good shooter. All right. We're all fit. College game day. Yeah, boy. College game day. Can anybody tell me where am I going to start with this? All right. How many? This will mark the what time, and I give you a hint there. The what time that Georgia has hosted college game day? I think it's the seventh. That's correct. Um, And the reason I remember that is because I think the last one was the sixth. Oh, carry the one from last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and when they do host, they will be tied with Texas. Okay. They've hosted seven times. Nebraska's hosted seven times. And South Carolina has hosted seven times. That, that, that sounds spurrier. Not me. since 2014. Yeah, that's crazy. South Carolina yeah. uh, hosted. <clears throat> this will be the 28th appearance all time for Georgia. Now, that's crazy. College game day. They've only been Athens seven times. Now, some of those are SEC championship games. I, I get mean, that. It's certainly looking like they're going to be four this year, right? At least, yeah. yeah. Four or five or six. Well, and I'm, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, when they host for the 28th time, that will rank them 10th all time on appearances. Yeah. appearances. So, do hot potato. Do hot potato. And these are big blue blood schools right. that uh, rank ten. ahead. Oh, so, we're it should be. Okay. Yeah. So, if Go. you can. Ohio State. That's correct. They're Alabama. number one. Alabama. They're tied for number one. Um, Oklahoma. They are fourth. We'll just say it that. Okay. That's three. Um, Clemson. They're ninth. Texas. No. Oh. And, um, Michigan. They're eighth. Southern Cal. No. Wow. Penn State. No. Oh. You've got an independent... Notre You've got Dame. two SEC. Yeah, Notre Dame seventh. You've got two SEC and one ACC. Two more ACC. Yep. FSU. FSU. And uh, Florida. And Florida and. What's the SEC school? It's another SEC mm-hmm. school. We said Tennessee. So I don't think it's Tennessee. No. LSU. It's LSU. Yeah. yeah. Um, how many game day? How many, how many ESPN game days has Kentucky participated in? <laughs> That's, That's a good, good question. question. Um, I'm gonna say zero. I'm going to say two. Y'all split it. It's Middled it. Yeah. And we're not counting this one. No. Okay. Yeah. So they, yeah. it's one. one. Yeah. They, uh, they lost to Florida in 2007. Florida beat them 45. Oh, they were ranked. To 37. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kentucky was uh, 18. So next question. How many current SEC... <clears throat> sorry. How many current SEC schools have never appeared on game day? Appeared or hosted? Appeared. Uh, two. Zero. That's correct, Tony. Oh, that was a wow. trick question. Well done. All SEC schools. Have yeah, I, I thought. I th- Vanderbilt reason, has they, have they yeah, hosted? they hosted they it hosted. against Auburn like three years ago. Oh wow! Good yeah, yep, and that, I right. think that was the last team. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. So there are four Power Five schools never to have hosted ESPN Game Day. Can okay. you name them? 
Illinois. That's correct. Let's <laughs> get that out of the way. Oregon State. Nope. They've hosted. Okay. So I'll give you a hint. There's a Pac-12. There's okay. an ACC and a Big 12. Uh, Wake Forest. Mm-mm. Let's see. Oregon. Big. Let's see. The Big 12. Syracuse. Yes. Syracuse is not. So you've got a Big 12 and a Pac-12 that have never hosted. That's not Oregon State. Um, Think of who doesn't really care about football in the Pac-12. Stanford? No, Stanford cares. Uh, Almost. Cal. Cal. Oh, that was dumb of me. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, then Big 12, they don't. Kansas? Yeah. 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 That kind of checks out. Okay. All right. That's a good question. Literally four. Illinois, Syracuse. How does that make you feel? Four. (laughs) Four. There's poor. there's a couple of good journalism schools in there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But poor, poor. So um, all it takes, like, it, it wouldn't even be that hard. Like, it really wouldn't even be that hard. Heck, if they were halfway decent this year, yeah, you could they find, could have find, gotten find in. space. Yeah. So, but a loss. I'm sorry. A loss. They they always have a celebrity guest picker uh-huh. at these games. Um, I remember uh, the Clemson Georgia game. Kane Brown did it. It was not great. Uh, but Harris English did it two weeks ago. He did a great job. Um, so no, hasn't Quavo hasn't Quavo done it? He, Quavo's done it. Yeah, um, he's so, Quavo where I'm from. So yeah, I, I, like, I, I want to. I want. This is a two part question. One, who do you think will be George's guest picker? No earthly idea. Zero. <laughs> is there anything? I mean, I'm, I, I just thought of that right now. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I couldn't even venture a guess. Harris English made all the sense in the world. Correct, yeah, because it, the, the Ryder Cup, Cup just yeah. happened. Who would you like to see? Um, I don't <laughs> if know. If it were Fox, it would just be Herschel. Pennington's done it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, li- I'd like to recommend, I saw a clip from Good Morning America today. Amy Robach was doing a Go Dogs on it. Yeah. That's ABC, ESPN. Why not fly Amy Robach yeah, in? I could see that. And have yeah. her do it. It won't be Maria Taylor. Okay, so I've got a I've got a final question here. Who was the first ever celebrity guest Ooh, picker? That's a great question. And coincidentally, that celebrity guest picker has picked the most times at six. He's he's I gave part of it away. He's been the guest picker six times. I'm gonna make a guess. Okay. Is it Matthew McConaughey? No. That's a good guess though. Yeah, it I think is. it is. I have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna give you a hint. It was October 2nd, 2004. It was Auburn at Tennessee. Oh, God. It's oh, the short little asshole that wears a different hat for every game. Uh, the country singer. I can, th- I can picture him. The guy the that, the no kid, shoes, no shirt. He thinks no, he's a pirate? No, yeah. Um, it's not Kenny Chesney. It's not Chesney? No. Is it okay. Peyton Manning? No. No, I didn't say short little guy. I didn't say big forehead. Think Bob about this. It. They were just breaking in this celebrity guest picker, so maybe they didn't pick a Tennessee fan. Maybe they picked a famous Auburn alum. Is it Barkley? It's Charles Barkley. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's been on there six times? Six times the celebrity. I mean, I wouldn't hate it if he picked this week if they couldn't I wouldn't it. like it, but <laughs> I do like him. I like him. Maybe Ernie Johnson. Okay. Yeah, Ernie he could, Johnson. He'd be a good one. He'd be a good one. Yeah, so that's all I got on that. Wow, okay. I even wrote down all of the, the matchups. That, I mean, Georgia's been on game day. With, against Arkansas, of course. You've got LSU. You know they. Oh, I, I was going to ask you. There is precedent. Um, this will be the third time Georgia has been on game day, and there might be a fourth. But there has been a year where Georgia was on game day three times, 
And that year, actually four times, that, but there's a caveat to that. That year was uh, January 1st, 2018, yeah, yeah. the Rose Bowl. Yeah. January 8th, yeah. 2018 uh, against Bama. And then October 27th against Florida. And then the SEC Championship game against Bama. Yeah. Uh, so that was four. Did so they we do one moving. for the National Championship game? Yes. So they could be potentially five this yeah. year. And Georgia's, I think, 10 and 17 all time. Yeah. Oh, my. So. When was the last one that they lost? LSU was, uh, was the last one. They lost. The last time in the SEC championship game. That's the last time they lost. Uh, yeah. No, it was uh, 2020 at Bama. Oh. oh, I forgot about oh. that. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they were here for Auburn last year. I think they did it remotely or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Game right. day on Zoom. So fun. <laughs> Although, i got to be honest, when you see David Pollock live from State of Georgia, that's, that's <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, as far as the three of us, the rankings have changed. Yeah. I, um, I am at 89 with 261 points. Okay. Uh, Will Leach is, I just had him on here and he disappeared. Um, Will, oh, he's uh, 80th. With 263 points, so it's very close. I pulled ahead. Wow. Um, Tony is 69th. Nice. Nice. With 266 points. Oh, 269. The leader is still Siski, 295 My points. My man, Joe. Uh, UGA Fu is second. Uh, Ligastrum Dog is third. Ligastrum. Sounds good. Uh, Clinton J. Edge. Clark. Chili Dog in Minnesota is fifth. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not having a good I put a lot of eggs in the Alabama basket this week. That's the one that hurt me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll start with uh, where game day probably would have gone had things turned out better last week. Uh, BYU at Baylor. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that that would have been. Um, I don't know if I was. I'm not quite ready for a bunch of look at what Baylor has overcome stories. Like I'm not. I'm not. Just yeah. be honest. About I still it. like. It was very funny this week. Uh, we were, I was watching the Penn State Iowa game with my son. And he's like, who are you rooting for, Dad? And I said, oh, Iowa. Gotta be Iowa. And he's like, why? I was like, oh, Penn State. I'm not ready to cheer for them yet. He was like, why? I was like, hey, do you want to throw the football in the yard? Let's throw the football in the yard. But, like, I'm sorry. Screw Penn State. Like, screw Penn State and screw Penn State. Okay, anyway. And screw Baylor, for that matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give me BYU. Give me BYU. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'm still going to pick Baylor. But screw Baylor. <laughs> I'm going to take BYU as well. All right. Georgia Southern goes to South Alabama. The Battle of Southern Alabama and Georgia. Why would you put this game in here? Um, well, because they, they fired Chad Lunsford, mm-hmm. and they looked really, really good against Arkansas State. Um, South Alabama is low-key good this year. I'm not willing to say that Georgia Southern will win, but it's going to be an interesting game. But still give me South. I will take South as well. I wonder why they are Alabama Southern and why it isn't South Georgia. Because there's South Georgia College in Douglas. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Then you got uh, the Cowpokes of Oklahoma State going to Austin. Ugh. Texas is favored by five and a half. I, I'll, I mean, Oklahoma State's going to win this game. Oklahoma State's going to win this game. <laughs> And then you got Vandy going to Columbia, South Carolina, that is. Uh, South Carolina's got a big spread, 18 and a half. I mean, the loser of this game goes over the conference. So, and that, that's Vandy. Give me South Carolina. I will also take South Carolina. I agree. Uh oh. What'd you do? Error. So that's when I said, how big is the horse? <laughs> now it's recording again. Okay. So we might have missed our Vandy, South Carolina pick, and South maybe Carolina. even Oklahoma, Texas. 
Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State and Texas, but you, you probably know who he picked. I did mention how I killed the drifter, by the way. <laughs> and that, uh, second. Well, that's the part of the horse story. Yeah. Wait, why did you take that out? Wait, no, put that back in. I, I need, The world needs it. All right, this might be the most fun game to and the watch. the drifter said, <laughs> This might be the most fun game to watch after our game. Um, it's 7.30 p.m. Ole Miss travels to Knoxville. This is a fun game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It, it might. It wouldn't have seemed fun three weeks ago, but it sure seems fun now. Yeah. So Hypel, what's going on over there? Hypel, what's going Hypel on? has shown some proof of concept with his offense. I I would venture to say that um, much like we found out against South Carolina, we'll find that against uh, Missouri. Their defenses are are good for whatever ails your offense. Um, two weeks in a row. This game huge could be jump outs. Yeah. This game could be this whatever the over is. It's not high enough. I mean. I think Ole Miss wins this game, but it could be 65-58. makes me antsy to see Tennessee doing something good. I agree. I, gotta tell I you, agree. It makes me a little antsy to see him doing yeah, something Hinden good. Yeah, Hooker has looked really good. Uh, not that I think Georgia's going to lose, but I like I was getting kind of comfortable with Tennessee just being crappy. And they've looked not only good, but like, as if they've somehow unlocked something. Oh, I, I want them to be I want them to be just below I want them to be nine and three. That would be awesome. Um, I'm Picking Mississippi, but with trepidation. That's a good good way of putting it. I I agree. Then you got Alabama going to Mississippi State. Does Mike Leach have something for Nick Saban this week? God. How would you like to be the team that plays Alabama after what happened last week to them? I don't know. They just beat Texas A and M. Maybe they're not sweating nothing. They should. Alabama's <laughs> going to be that ass. <laughs> yes, Alabama is going. This is this is kind of a. There's a reason Georgia Kentucky. Got game day this week, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. As we can kind of see from this slide. Yeah. Alabama by all the points. Alabama by a lot of points. Does Texas A&M have a slip up up in Columbia, Missouri, facing <laughs> off against Missouri? Anybody else in the conference but Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. I would say maybe, but no. Yeah, I thought that they were in a better place than this, but Missouri is not... Defensively, they're bad. Not, they fired their yeah. uh, line coach a couple of weeks ago after the Tennessee game. Uh and they did not look better against a hapless North Texas team. Yeah. They, they gave won, up 35 points. But they gave up a lot of points to a team that is not good. Yeah. Okay. Florida goes to LSU. And Florida wins. I agree. Yeah, if LSU's Florida wins, done. does Orgeron or Bergeron? Either one. You, uh, does he make it to Monday? <laughs> he might not make it to the game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, if Florida wins this, I think he's... I mean, this, it would be the most LSU thing to happen is they were planning to fire him after this game. And, uh, they, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and, and beat Florida by 21 points. That would be the – that would be the – I mean, that's what happened with LSU with with Miles. That's right. Uh, they were ready to fire him, and he slips up and wins. They keep him a full another – almost a full another year, another full year. That's always a mistake. It's always a mistake. Uh, I'm taking Florida. I agree. Uh, then Auburn at noon. Uh, I think this is CBS as well. It is. Auburn goes to Arkansas. Auburn's not ranked at four and two. Arkansas still is at four and two. This game is at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is favored by three and a half. I am willing to say that Arkansas does enough uh, with running the football and and the way Auburn looked, especially in the second half against our run, to win this game. <sighs> I think I'm taking Auburn. I'm going to take Arkansas. And then at uh, 3.30, after you've been tailgating since 7 a.m., uh, it's going to be a glorious day. I already checked the weather. High of 80. 
sunshine, uh, probably start out nice and cool in the morning, the warm up. So you're going to need a long sleeve and then you're going to peel that layer off around 930. You are. Am I correct? What's the, what's the food for this one? Uh, so we're doing ham and uh, veggies, although I have a work obligation. So it's homecoming. So I will be at the law school after about noon uh, saying hey to... So you're be dressed really nice. Seven, seven to 800 of my closest friends. My will you be there? Will you be the tailgate? I'll be the tailgate early. I'll, I will set up at seven. Wayne and I will be there uh, with, with Charlie and get that set up and going. But about about noon, we'll we'll take leave and go up to North Campus uh, and, uh, and, and greet and say hello. I normally... The dean normally asks me to call the dogs uh, right as people are... It's time to leave to go to the game. Uh, which is fun because yeah. I, love, I love calling the dogs and it's always fun to do so with a thousand people in attendance. I mean, you've done it on an airplane. I've done it on so. two airplanes. So yeah, K- Kentucky, Georgia, I think what I could do is I could insert my predictions from the previous three or four weeks and insert it here. Georgia's going to start off fast. Uh, I think this game is over by middle of the second quarter. Not over but it'll be kind of like those descriptions that Will talks about where it's over, but they still have to play the game. <laughs> I mean, you know... And it's not hot enough for a running clock. Correct. I mean, Vanderbilt, if there was going to be a running clock, it would have been Vanderbilt in the second quarter. Um, but, you know, I mean, name your pick your poison. Uh, pick your quarterback. Pick your favorite wide receiver. It could be maybe Brock Bowers makes an appearance again in, into the end zone. Maybe uh, Washington... Gets a, a you know point high points a ball in the end zone, which would probably be about seven foot five to high point a ball for him because he's six seven. But you know the defense is going to be showing out. I don't really think this is going to be uh, decided by special teams, meaning like Carmada is just going to kick a bunch of balls into the end zone. Maybe a couple angling to the one or two yard line where uh, Nicobe Dean can wreck house on on kickoff coverage. But uh, this game. To me, it seems like it's going to be, you know, Georgia's only had one score in the 40s this year. It was when they when they beat South Carolina. What was that South Carolina? Anyway, um, I think Georgia wins 42-3. to Wow. I'm going to – it feels like another first quarter onslaught followed by a – how much are we playing with the food? <laughs> and um, that's a weird thing to say about the number 11 team in the country on game day, by the way. Um, the question is whether Kentucky is a touchdown at this point. Can they get a touchdown? Uh, I think it's, I don't think Georgia pours on a ton of points in this game. I think his defense is okay. Like, I think that this doesn't feel like a show out game. It feels more, I know it's game day, and so, but it feels. It feels like this is going to be where the fun around the game is perhaps a little bit more exciting than the game itself. I'm going to say Georgia 31, Kentucky 6. So when you think about this game, the path to victory for, I said this earlier, the path to victory for for Kentucky is is actually Georgia screwing up. Um, The one thing Georgia's done is when they've made mistakes, uh, for example, with the exception of the, the interception return for the touchdown, and UAB. That UAB? Yeah. Um, uh, even when Stetson threw that bad interception against uh, South Carolina, Georgia bowed up and kept him, uh, kept him from from driving down the field. Other than I actually backed him up, if I recall. Um, 
they have not let mistakes when they do make them and they don't make them often become compounded uh, and become bigger problems. Uh, so it, there's just no, there's no game state that I can think of where Georgia doesn't win this game. So I think, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout game because I think Kentucky is going to, well, first off, Kentucky is probably a little more physical on defense than even uh, Arkansas was. And probably, and certainly more than Auburn was, and also is not going to be so you know, stubborn in what defensive uh, sets they ran in the first half. Um, so I, I think the game's going to be relatively close at halftime. Um, but I just, it, you know, the real question to me is if Daniel starts, um, I think you will see us running a ton of pass plays. Uh, unless they're just running a, a lot of press coverage and, and, and really doubling up, you know, you know, bracketing receivers and doubling up and daring us to run. Uh, if they do that, then we'll just run the ball down the throat. Uh, we might see some, you know, flex runs and some wheel routes and things like that. Uh, it, it really is at this point, it's a pick or poison kind of thing when Georgia's on offense. Defensively, I just, if Kentucky had to score twice through, you know, gift touchdowns against Florida, you know, where are you going to get the points against Georgia? Is there is there one drive, a scripted drive like Auburn had where they come out and are able to score a touchdown? Yeah, I think so. But beyond that, you know, what else are you going to get? Uh, at the end of the day, I think Georgia does everything they have to do to convince people, no matter who's quarterback, that Georgia's still the number one team in the, in the nation. Uh, so give me Georgia 38-13. to 13. I'm pretty proud of us for really not talking about who's going to start at quarterback for this game. It doesn't matter all. right now. I, it <laughs> might not matter until the SEC championship, and that's and I mean that in every way possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, somebody asked me, "It's like, well, we got to have we have to have Daniels back by Florida, do we? Yeah, do we? <laughs> I don't know that we do. It, and frankly, I think. But he's do back we have by. to have Daniels back by Alabama in the SEC championship? I, that will make me feel better. I'm still not willing to say that that Stetson. I'm not going to make as bold a statement say Stetson can lead Georgia to a national championship. I'm not convinced he can't. I'm not willing. I'm not one of those people that says Georgia just can't win with Stetson. No. Um, I will say that. But that's I like the skeptical the, skepticism about Bennett is because of Alabama. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, it's like if Daniels isn't back this week, he's definitely back against Florida. And frankly, if he comes back against Florida, doesn't look great. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I just right now I trust I trust Kirby and Munkin yeah. because they're pulling every lever in just the right way, no matter what they do. Look, if they come out and they play back, I'm not going to argue with that until I see something different. Because, I, yeah, <laughs> see more than worse. I'm seeing. sorry, I'm waving my hands at look all this right because it's just like they're making all the right moves right now. I'm sorry. I congratulate us for not talking about the quarterbacks. Unfortunately, inevitably less into a quarterback conversation, but I'm glad we had it because I yeah. think it's important to talk about. All right, well. Got me on a rant. Everybody have a great uh, game day. Um, who knows? You know, maybe Missouri becomes the game next, day next game week. day. Yeah. Just bring it. We could see game day at Florida. No, that's going to be Michigan, Michigan State. That's Michigan, Michigan yeah. State. Uh, Mel Tucker, by the way. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Hey, that would be crazy if Kirby faces Mel Tucker in the, in the national championship, right? You know the only bummer, we'll close on this, the only bummer about last weekend, I did kind of want Kirby to be the first saving assistant to beat him. Eh. Yeah. It's fine. I know it's fine. I know it's fine. It's no big deal. I still think it would. Maybe be cool. the, maybe the dam breaks now that that he uh, you know put a crack in the dam. I don't know the analogy I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Perfect if it wasn't nice. but if it wasn't going to be Kirby, I wish it would have been Lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would have been more fun. He, by the way, this whole popcorn thing. Did you see that whole thread? The yeah, whole deal. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. He's just. 
I just he is like, he going to troll Tennessee the fans? I know that the coaching staff over there has nothing to do with him, but is he going to do anything to troll Knoxville? Yeah, here's the thing: give him the chance to score 105 points against Tennessee, he will. He will not let off the gas because, you know, listen, uh, he left. He left there in bad stead, and that's on him. But the vitriol he's gotten from Tennessee fans. I'm sorry, Tennessee. You're not Southern Cal. Hell, Southern Cal ain't Southern Cal anymore. But <laughs> it's uh, you're just not Southern Cal, and yeah, Lane shouldn't have acted that way. But y'all, y'all need to get your house in order. We all we all made mistakes when we were in our early 30s. <laughs> um, all right, uh, have a uh, have a great uh, uh, game day, everyone. I'm very excited to be able to uh, to to go ahead and have another game day and a real one this time. All right. Be safe out there, and hey, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday with our post-game analysis of the Georgia-Kentucky game. You can follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast, and feel free anytime to tweet us your thoughts of the game before, during, or after, or anytime during the week, or next week, or the week after. You get the idea. <laughs> Have a great rest of your week, since we keep saying week here, and we'll see you on campus this coming Saturday. And as always... Go dogs.